from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Tuning into the show is extremely easy, and you can get it wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You can make it very easy and very simple for yourself by going to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and becoming a member. If you become a member at any time, doesn't have to be when the show's live, can be any time, when you click follow, and you create your link to the show, which only takes a couple seconds. All you have to do is link an email to it. It sends, it, it gives you an opportunity for two awesome things. So you go to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You click on follow. And after you do that, a couple seconds later, you are connected to the show in two great ways. Number one, you get an email every single time the show goes live. So you never miss a live show again. And all you have to do when the show goes live is open your email that we send you and listen to the show. You literally open the email. It says click to listen. That's all you have to do. The other thing is you get to chat with us in the live chat room. So you definitely want to become a member so you can chat with us in real time about what we're talking about on the show. So make sure that you become a member today. Thank you to everybody that has. We truly appreciate it. And I look forward to everybody that will become a member from here on out. So thank you for that as well. With that being said, you can also hear the show on wakeupcalldt.com's homepage. And you can connect with Wake Up Call with Dan Satora there by reading over 500 articles, checking out the videos, seeing the show archive, fantasy football. There's so much on there. And our archive is available on there, like I was saying, on wakeupcalldt.com. You will see... The Podbean pod- Podcast, the iTunes Podcast, TuneIn Radio, and the RSS feed all in one place. So make sure that you lock on to that and connect with us there. So very easy. Become a member on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT for free. And become a member on WakeUpCallDT.com for free. And you'll be connected with the show unlike any other. And you'll have the opportunity to have some really awesome things with your day. Every single day, no matter what we're doing, you'll be able to connect with the show and have a great time with the show. So definitely make sure that you do it. Thank you again to everybody that has. We appreciate it, and your tremendous support never goes unnoticed or underappreciated. So thank you so much. With that being said, Tuesday, September 25th, it is time to get into our morning menu and what's coming up today. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu proudly presented by all of the great companies we're proud to work with. You can see them all by going to wakeupcalldt.com's homepage and clicking on any one of their logos to get in touch with them for their phone numbers, for their addresses, pictures, videos, 
and so much more. Make sure that you support the companies that support us because when it comes to Central and Upstate New York, if you want us to grow and flourish, then you have to support the good companies and the leaders in the community that are supporting you so that we keep them around. And the longer we keep them around growing this community, the better off we'll be. So it's cyclical and you know what to do. So make sure you show some love and support. And I thank you so much for everybody that has and everybody that will. So God bless you for that. And thank you for that. On today's broadcast here on Tuesday, September 25th, 2018, I almost said 2015, I was going back in time today, folks, so I almost said 2015, but today, on Tuesday, September 25th, we got a lot of things to talk about. We're going to start off in just a few minutes by having somebody on the show that has never been on the broadcast before. I love when we get to do this. We've had over a 1,000 people on the broadcast, but we've never had Todd Philcox, and Todd Philcox was the quarterback for Rob Drummond. Now, Rob had Don McPherson, and Rob also had Todd Philcox, so I can't wait to speak with Todd about his time at Syracuse. And Rob brings him up all the time. He's like, you know, people people remember Don McPherson and what Don McPherson did, but he's like, you know, Todd Philcox stepped in. He did good things for us, and we had success with Todd Philcox. So I'm excited to have Todd on the show to speak on his experience at Syracuse and what he took away from being at Syracuse as well as what he did after the fact and what he is currently doing now. And a lot of these Syracuse players, it's funny how the world works. And God doesn't make mistakes, and there are no coincidences. And what I am saying all of that is I cover Syracuse, and I also cover the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, in covering Syracuse and the Jaguars, obviously I speak with former Syracuse players, and I speak with the Jaguars players as well. Well, Todd Philcox is on a long list of former Syracuse players that decided to move down to Florida, not just any part of Florida, but Jacksonville. So... It's very cool that Antoine Pons and Todd Philcox and a bunch of the guys, Rob Conrad's down in Florida. There's a lot of guys that are down in Florida enjoying, and Corey Bowen, enjoying the weather down there, and a bunch of them in Jacksonville, of all places. So to me, it's going to be really nice to speak with Todd about Jacksonville, about why he moved down there, and so much more. So I'm very excited about that. There's a lot going on on today's show. I can't wait to share it all with you. So Todd Philcox is going to start us off on today's broadcast. And then after Todd is on the show today, we'll get into the second hour of the show. And the second hour of the show will proudly feature my conversations with numerous Syracuse players. You will hear from on today's broadcast, Eric Dungy, as well as Gabe Haran, Sean Riley, and Kendall Coleman. Eric Dungy was named the quarterback of the week by the ACC inside of the conference. Sean Riley was named the specialist of the week. And Kendall Coleman, defensive end of the team, has been tremendous this season in getting after the quarterback, especially in back-to-back games. And Gabe Haran caught his first touchdown on his first catch ever in college. So he's a true freshman from C.W. Baker High School, Baldwinsville Bees. He catches a touchdown pass in the team's fourth game of the season. It's his first time in, first time targeted, first catch, and first touchdown. All on one play. So we'll speak with Gabe Haran about that and so much more. And you will also, at the end of today's show, hear from Joe Morris in my conversations 
with him. And I got to uh, shoot some video with him and speak with him. And then I also had a supplemental conversation with him after his ceremony and after his jersey was unveiled hanging from the rafters. So very excited to have him on the broadcast in just a little bit. And we will uh, definitely have a great time with that. So plenty of Syracuse coming up on today's broadcast. Todd Philcox in just a moment here, former Syracuse quarterback from 1986 through 1988. Spent some time with the Orange in the mid to late 80s, so we'll speak with Todd Philcox. Don McPherson was there, and Todd Philcox was there as well with Syracuse during this time period where Syracuse had a lot of success. So we'll speak with him on that in just a little bit, and then we will also get into... Syracuse interviews in the second hour of the show starting around 10 a.m. Eastern time with tight end Gabe Haran, kick returner and wide receiver and punt returner Sean Riley, defensive end Kendall Coleman, and quarterback Eric Dungy. We'll wrap up the show as we always do on a Tuesday with the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company and It's a Utica Thing, which will feature for the first time ever Joe Morris. So I'm very excited about this. So much coming up. So let's take a step aside for a fast break. When we come back, I can't wait for this. When we come back, Todd Philcox will join the show, grace the stage for the first time ever, right after this fast break. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their 
wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It's always an honor and a privilege to have a voice on this broadcast. We have had over a 1,000 sports figures grace the stage of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and the reason why I tell you that is not because of the number, it's because of the quality of people. When somebody says there's no good, there's no good people left or it's so hard to find good people, well, on this show, I get asked the question a lot. Who was who is a pain in the butt to speak with? Who is who is somebody that you never want to talk to again? And the reality of it all is over a thousand people being on the show, there was only two guys that were kind of, you know, a little bit stuck up at Jets camp and outside of that a few years ago and and, and both of those guys have since retired, but outside of that, you know, there's there's really there's nobody. And when it comes to Syracuse, there's a lot of great great people that have played football at Syracuse, basketball, women's and men's basketball, soccer, so on and so forth. And Todd Philcox is one of those names that came up. I was speaking with, and as you all know, Rob Drummond and I are very close friends. We met through a mutual friend, Mark Jones, who played for Tennessee at running back and and grew up here in central New York. And Rob and I started to work together professionally and be friends pretty much at the same time. And over the last almost decade, you know, we talk about his teammates and his time at Syracuse and everything. And he mentions Todd Philcox. And then it starts to kind of, okay, jog a little bit of this. I see some film and I'm watching Todd on film. And then they're playing some of those games from the past when uh, Time Warner used to do it. And you got to see Rob Drummond out there with Todd Philcox and you know, for me to get a, a Syracuse player back on this broadcast and to talk about what they're doing now and, and what's become of, of their life in this next chapter and all the success that, that a lot of these gentlemen are having, you know, that means the world to me. And when you get to have somebody on that uh, is obviously respected by somebody who I respect tremendously, that goes a long way. So it's a long-winded intro, and it's the first time he's ever been on the show, but I don't know any other way to have a new guest on the show than to tell you all that I hope it's the first time, but never the last Todd Philcox. How are we doing today? Hey, good morning, uh, Dan. Doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you said that, uh, that you, you did some, you did a little background check on me. I know you're down in Jacksonville. So what'd you see of, of my coverage? You saw the Jaguars coverage in Syracuse as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that the opportunity to see, uh, that you and Robert were working together and, uh, you know, I was fortunate. To, uh, just recently, was back up in Syracuse. Was there for the Florida State game, and we had a little uh, get together of a uh, reunion former former Orange men, and I uh, got the opportunity to see a great game. And at you know, times like that, I always bring back uh, great memories, and uh, you start uh, recounting uh, stories and uh, talking about guys you played with and guys maybe you played different years, and something I always enjoy. And uh, so I was just uh, two weeks ago up there and had a fantastic weekend. And when you got the opportunity to come back up, I know they honored the teams from the '90s. What makes you? What made you want to come back up and 
and be around, you know, at that time when they were honoring the uh, the three-peat for the Big East that happened in 96, 97, and 98? Because I know you, you played with Rob about a decade before that. So what brought you up to that opportunity? Yeah. Well, we do uh, yearly, we do a reunion of uh, the uh, Syracuse football club, so all Letterman who played uh, no matter what year. Um, and that was that weekend as well. So we had a group, uh, we really had a group of guys from as far back as you can go uh, up until recent uh, graduates. And it's, you know, I always take great pleasure in getting up there. And uh, you know, I love being around Syracuse. I love getting the games. I don't get that much of an opportunity anymore being down in Florida. But uh, it's always a weekend I look forward to because, you know, quite frankly, every year you meet somebody new, somebody who played a different year than you. Um, but many share the same stories and a lot of the similar memories. And uh, it's always just a fantastic time to maybe meet somebody new that played Syracuse football um, and enjoy some uh, great up on campus. So when you come back and and you spend that time every single you know opportunity that you get to to bring everybody the Letterman and whatnot back together again, who did you get to get around this time around? Like you said, meet some guys that played that maybe you didn't know. Did you did you make any new friends in the Syracuse Brotherhood, so to speak? Did you get to sit down with anybody that maybe you haven't talked to before? You know, we uh, every time we do um, this year, I had a chance. Uh, I met Rob Long for the first time. He was honored uh, through our group for, uh, we do an award every year called the Zunick Award, named after uh, Mike and Judy Zunick. Uh, he received that award uh, this year. Um, great young guy who, uh, you know, you know a lot of his struggles, and I mean, you've probably spoken with him before. Um, was doing doing fantastic things through his charity. So I had a chance to uh, meet Rob, and then I met some of the, some younger guys that come out, uh, Zach Mahoney, uh, you know, the quarterback who I've been able to watch on TV a few, a few games that are televised down here. So enjoyed seeing some younger guys get out. Um, so just you know, the numbers of guys uh, every year. Some get up there, you meet somebody new, and uh, it's always great to to make some new friends. That uh, guys that shared some of the same experiences, but uh, you weren't able to cross paths with them during during your career. But uh, certainly have a lot of similarities, and always uh, fun to get to know them. Speaking here with Todd Philcox, who wore number five at Syracuse, so you know that. Number five's been on here a bunch, Donovan McNabb, as well as Marvin Graves. Todd Philcox here with us. Todd, speak with me on wearing number five, because growing up as a kid, at least through my eyes, you know, 44 and five were the two numbers on the football team that I, you know, that I cherished, you know, watching. I, I, I always thought, and, and it's just, it was ingrained in me as a kid, that if I saw anybody wearing 44 or anybody wearing 5, they must be a pretty good player. So bring me into the history, because you got to wear number 5, and, and as I said, through the eyes of, of me as a kid and then growing up, if I saw 5 or 44 on the field, I had to know who that was. Yeah, well, um, you know, just to lead that off, I, I tell everybody down in Florida, the Syracuse retired my so uh, I can uh, kind of boast about that, even though it really wasn't wasn't for me. But uh, I'll take credit for it. But go. um, you know, I probably was uh, in the recent history. Uh, probably was you know the one who started wearing it, and uh, it wasn't uh, you know really even by choice. It was it was given to me, and uh, I had learned a little bit about uh, probably the, the one predecessor I can recall uh, was Bill Hurley, who had worn that as well and had a great career at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, my career obviously was uh, compromised really just uh, one short season as a starter. But it was uh, had a great year and uh, certainly a very memorable year for me. So, um, 
certainly proud to have worn that and maybe uh, kicked off a tradition or at least revived the tradition of wearing that number at Syracuse and certainly had some great uh, quarterbacks that came behind me uh, who really brought me to the forefront. And and wearing that number and and having that opportunity, when you look back on it now, like you said, to kind of kick it off, when you see, you know, that you wore it and Marvin Graves as well as Donovan McNabb, you know, just just what that what that number means to you after all of that, because like I said, in my opinion, number five is it's special. You know, number 40, the legend of 44 and there's all the conversation about 44 with Floyd Little and. And Jim Brown and Ernie Davis, and it ended with Rob Conrad and this, that, and the other. But the number five, you know, do you feel that that there is that love and that support or that that connection, that camaraderie of, of wearing number five? Because not many wore it, like you said, Bill Hurley, yourself, Marvin Graves, Donovan McNabb, you know, and, and it's it's been a quarterback number for every, you know, for the majority of the time. One time a quarterback had shifted to defense and kept the number, but Nine times out of ten, we're seeing that number for a Syracuse quarterback. So it's, in my opinion, it it became the number of a quarterback that was reputable. What do you think about that history and and everything around number five? And and does it mean something different to you than maybe when it was given to you, like you said, and you didn't choose it; they just handed it to you? Does it mean something else now? Yeah, no, I think uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny that tra- the traditional number when I was at Syracuse was the forty-four. And uh, that was the uh, number that got uh, a lot of the attention and the acclaim and uh, you know, certainly was uh, more of the predominant uh, historical relevance, you know, at Syracuse. And then uh, I was very fortunate to, to, to wear five, get that opportunity and uh, maybe to kick off a tradition there as far as bringing that number back. And, uh, you know, as I said, the guys who followed me uh, just had phenomenal careers, um, did wonderful things for the Syracuse football program as well as the university. And, uh, you know, after I had graduated, um, we just had a great, you know, we had started a great run uh, while I was there the year year before me, the 87 team, uh, obviously fantastic uh, experience just to be on that team. And then uh, we really, as a program, just had to, just a great run. And those guys that wore number five after me were the uh, integral part of that. They were the, the focal point. Uh, who, who kind of put Syracuse football or kept Syracuse football on the map. And, um, you know, it was a wonderful thing to be an alumni, to see that, to uh, follow them, and uh, and to see how that number five developed into uh, that tradition, a newer a newer tradition at Syracuse University. So certainly take some pride in uh, kind of being the beginning of that. And uh, I've always been very, very much proud uh, to, to, you know, wear my Syracuse colors no matter where I am in the country. And, uh, I think down here, you know, being in, being in Jacksonville, Florida, and now uh, Syracuse being in the ACC, um, we get more notice. Um, last few years have been rough, but uh, hopefully we can continue this trend of bringing the program back. And uh, then I think, you know, across the country, all those traditions will uh, certainly gain uh, even more acclaim than they do just up in you know, the northeast part of our country. That coming from Todd Philcox, uh, former quarterback in Syracuse football history, here with us this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And, and Todd, I, I want to go into, there's a, a lot of different things to get to. You're down in Jacksonville now, which isn't too far from Tallahassee. I've made the trip to both. I've been 
to the Florida. I've been to Florida State, Syracuse. I've been to Florida State, Florida in Tallahassee, and I've covered the Jaguars for the last 10 years in some respect on site, on location. So when we look at that area, and I do want to get to my Jaguars in a second, but with you being in Jacksonville and Florida State not being that far away, the state of Florida, wherever you go, there's Florida State fans, especially in the northern part, especially in the Tallahassee area, and there's Jags fans that are Florida State fans that love Jalen Ramsey and so on, and said Telvin Smith and so on and so forth. So when Syracuse defeats Florida State in Syracuse, and you're up here for the game, what did it mean to you, not just as an alum of Syracuse, but as somebody who obviously sees a lot of maroon and gold down in the state of Florida? Yeah, I see too much uh, maroon and gold, and uh, I see too much of the wrong color, uh, blue and orange down here. Um, one of the hard things when I first uh, became a Florida resident uh, good, you know, 12, 13 years ago, um, had a hard time reading the uh, sports section just because I couldn't find anything I really wanted to read, and it was just loaded up with those Gators and Seminoles and all these Florida teams. So uh, I guess I've warmed up a bit to uh, them somewhat, but it's certainly uh, – Certainly, Syracuse is my number one team. So when we can when we can get a victory over one of these Florida schools that I've uh, kind of had rammed down my throat, the uh, news and uh, constant uh, chatter about those teams, it's a great uh, experience and something I can uh, you know walk around town here and uh, certainly wear my Syracuse stuff with even a little more pride than I usually do. So it's uh, it's great to see that game. I've been over to Florida State to see Syracuse play there too, and haven't had any good experiences there yet, but. Uh, Maybe next year we'll be able to go into their house and uh, take them out. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. I, uh, you know, Florida is just a great state for football. So when you can get a victory over uh, one of the one of the major programs here, it, it's another step uh, towards being uh, you know nationally relevant for Syracuse. And when we see you know down in the in the state of Florida for you with the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of the irony for for me, Doug Marone played at Syracuse. And, you know, spent uh, one season blocking for Rob Drum. And, I, you know, obviously around your time period, Doug Marone was an offensive lineman, came back and became the head coach of the team. Now he's the head coach of the Jaguars. Tom Coughlin, who was on the team in the backfield at Syracuse, is now back with the Jaguars, now as the executive VP. And on top of all of that, Nate Hackett, who didn't come to Syracuse as a player, but was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach with Ryan Nassib and so on and so forth. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tyrone Wheatley, who is also with Syracuse under Doug Marone. He's with the Jaguars. So there is some Syracuse connections and some Syracuse love. None more, none deeper, I should say, than Tom Coughlin. But what do you think about that being in Jacksonville now, seeing Doug Marone, seeing Tom Coughlin, and then also having some of those other coaches that had some success at Syracuse are all on the Jaguars right now? Oh, I, uh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I, uh, you know, I've been one of the reasons I came, you know, back to Jacksonville. I had played here in '96 just for a short year, uh, but really enjoyed the town, and uh, it kind of has everything I love um, as far as where it's located. Uh, being an NFL town, but also being a little, little smaller town, a smaller city feel. Um, so I came back here, you know, really because the because it was an NFL city, I could enjoy that. I could enjoy the other things I love to do, such as be outside and you know, fish and all that stuff. Um, but you know, a couple of years ago, when uh, they uh, Tom had come back, and then uh, they hired Doug. Um, you know, I've got friends here. I tailgate before every game. who were just fans, you know, regular guys, and I made sure I told them all. I said, you know, we're 
Jaguars are coming back because we got two Syracuse guys, you know, leading the charge now. And uh, I said it before they uh, started to reach that success, and uh, really was it felt strongly that they would get uh, that pro, you know, program turned around as well. And uh, I think that's coming to fruition. Um, team is you know solid. They put it together kind of piece by piece, and I think they've got the right kind of leadership that. Uh, generally a team that exhibits you know, the same toughness and kind of character level as, uh, as the two guys leading it. And when you see that toughness and, and everything that this Jacksonville Jaguars team has, has fought to accomplish, i got to ask you this, being, being a former quarterback, Blake Bortles. Now, since 2014 when he was drafted, I have done nothing but support him. I thought he was – I thought that I had a good feeling. I trust my gut. Now, when I pick quarterbacks in each draft class – the majority of the time, about 80%, 90% of the time, I have the right quarterback coming out of that class. Now, Blake, in 2014, I said, listen, it's not Blaine Gabbert. I don't think that this is going to be another snafu. I know that you can't get really worse than Blaine Gabbert, but with Blake Bortles, I just liked him. I, you know, I, I liked the fact that he was an underdog. I liked the fact that you know, he was somebody that wasn't supposed to win games. He wasn't supposed to win the Fiesta Bowl. I, I got to spend time with George O'Leary, who was also a Syracuse Connect, who was the head coach of Central Florida when Blake was there. So I got to, you know, be around that and, and to speak with George O'Leary about Blake Bortles and then to watch Blake. And I just, I had a gut feeling. So I stuck with it all the way through. I kept telling people, listen, you got to wait. You got to wait. It's going to turn around. And I said 2014 to now is when they started making good decisions. And then I went and fact-checked myself, and they had drafted, I think it was something like 69 players in, in, in this entire period. I think it was something like from 2000, it was something like 2009 to 2013, or maybe it was less than, no, it was maybe 39 players. From 2009 to 2013 or something of that respect, every single player that was drafted in a six-year span for the Jaguars before 2014 was let go, either traded, left, dropped, whatever it may be. And I said they realized that what they were trying to build in that foundation wasn't working. They scratched everything, started it with Blake Bortles, and went and got guys like AJ Can and, and and this that and the other and then went and traded you know and and picked up free agents and went after Malik Jackson went after Marcel Darius and so I saw all these moves being made starting with Blake Bortles and that's when I started saying it's going to turn around it's going to change you just need to be patient well now people are saying wow this Jacksonville Jaguars team isn't that bad Dan you might have known something and I said well nothing nothing's built overnight and like you said. You know, you've been telling people it's going to pop off, it's going to change. So what can you say about the transformation? Because Syracuse is trying to turn the corner, and Jacksonville has turned that corner and is trying to stay on that road now. So these are two teams that might be separated by thousands of miles, but they're not that different. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, obviously the situation down here, uh, I mean, it was kind of, I came down here in 2005, and we had struggled uh, as an organization almost since then to uh, – until just you know last year and uh as far as you know blake as a quarterback um i love a lot of the things he does i think he's a great leader he's a fierce competitor and he'll uh he's tough he'll throw his body around and do whatever it takes to kind of move the team you know his one uh one question mark really in his his, his skill set is has been his accuracy throwing the ball and i think he continues to improve there um he has days, you know, days when he is just not on and uh, maybe missing some guys a little bit. But uh, 
I think he has continued to improve his game. He's a hard worker, and uh, I think he can be the quarterback, you know, the future here and, and be a very successful quarterback and, and get us, you know, with all the pieces in place to the Super Bowl. And uh, we were pretty close last year, and, you know, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough to repeat and get back to that, you know, AFC championship and give yourself that shot again. But you know, I think they have put all the pieces in place here. And, uh, you know, fortunately in the NFL, you can do so through the, the free agency and, and the draft and, uh, you know, with a, with a deep pocketbook, maybe have a little more option to turn your uh, program around a little quicker. I think as uh, you know, Syracuse University goes and then they're, you know, <clears throat> road back to, to relevance and to uh, becoming a, a team that year after year gets to a bowl and uh, competes in the ACC, you know, it's tougher because the recruiting game is tough and Syracuse being a little smaller school up north and trying to match these uh, bigger programs uh, is going to be a challenge. But, you know, I think they're on the right track. Um, just uh, love what they do offensively. Uh, I think Dino's brought in uh, that's a system that can be successful and has shown you know, that it will be successful offensively. And I think now it's uh, just a matter of really building that talent level um, on defense and you know continuing to bring in the offensive skill players and the big guys up front. You, know, you got to have a uh, got to have solid lines both offensively and defensively. I think that's kind of what you know how Jacksonville has built the team down here and. Uh, what every team, you know, throughout the game of football has to do, and you got to you got to be strong up front. So, I think if Syracuse can continue along this track and you know have a have a year where we get seven, eight wins and get to a bowl game, it's going to help that recruiting process, and they can continue to build on that. So, I'm very, very positive on that. Very positive on both programs, and just uh, you know, really look forward to seeing Syracuse take that next step this year. And when you see that step for the Syracuse Orange, you know, when we look at what they have, Eric Dungy obviously has been the quarterback since he's been a true freshman pretty much and has never played a complete season. He is attempting to do that here in his senior season, and he's gone in and out of games. He's never been out of a game, but he has been in and out. And the game that you came up for, he went out of, and Tommy DeVito led the way. What do you think about the future of Syracuse with Tommy DeVito from what you've seen? I mean, being a quarterback to a quarterback, what you see from Tommy DeVito and and what you see from Eric Dungy because I think that there's two capable guys on the team right now. I think that they've showcased that, and I know they have better talent coming up, but what your thoughts are on both of the quarterbacks at Syracuse right now through the eyes of a quarterback? Yeah, yeah I, I love watching them both. Obviously, we've seen a lot more of Dungy. Um, you know, he... Uh, He's a tough kid who uh, throws his body around, and you know I think he's probably had to uh, just be more aggressive and uh, and put himself, you know, in in at risk a little bit more than uh, hopefully he will need to in the future. Um, love to see him be able to stay on the field, but uh, you know I watched, uh, I wasn't able to see on television, but the first game against uh, Western Michigan. And when I saw he uh, was rushing for 200 yards, uh, it raised a red flag of concern because he's not going to be able to last a season doing that. Um, you, know, you hope he can, but uh, it's a tough game. And as a quarterback, if you're running downfield that much and taking that many hits, it's just uh, it's hard to stay on the field all the time. So I would hope, uh, you know, I think they are developing around him a little more. I think uh, I would guess that the coaching staff certainly is aware that they can't be putting him at risk as much as uh, he may have done so in that game. So hopefully he can stay healthy. I think he's a great talent, uh, does a wonderful job running that offense. And then, uh, you know, obviously seeing uh, DeVito come in um, in that Florida State game, I had uh, I knew his name and I'd known uh, 
he was a top recruit and uh, had a great, you know, pedigree there. Um, and he really came into that game and uh, seamlessly kind of took over the team and ran the offense. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many snaps he'd even gotten before that, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't too many. But he made it look like uh, he'd been running the team for a while. So I think that was the most impressive thing about him is how seamlessly he came in, you know, ran the offense and uh, kept them on track. And uh, speaking here with Todd Philcox, former quarterback for the Syracuse Orange in the mid to late 80s, he was with the team. He was quarterback for Rob Drummond in, in Drummond's final season with the team. Todd, to going off of what you were saying about Eric Dungey and just what you've seen from him, the question that I get asked, and, and I got asked just a couple days ago, is, is Eric Dungey an NFL quarterback? Can he be an NFL quarterback? Will somebody take a chance on him? What do you think about that? I think uh, with his, his track record, uh, his success, uh, he will definitely get an opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, intangibles or even the uh, tangibles that will be measured when it comes time for draft and scouting combines and all those, um, you know, we'll see how teams rate and sometimes that process is a little funny, but uh, I, would, I would guarantee he will get a shot somewhere. I think just with his game savvy competitiveness um he's going to get a chance to stick with somebody and uh you know potentially get the opportunity to, to kind of work his way into a position with the team um you know i don't uh, follow that stuff all that closely but just that's just me watching him as a player um i couldn't tell you where anyone has him ranked or rated in those regards but it's just uh, anyone who's put uh had the success he's had uh, throwing the football and running running an offense that's uh, pretty complex. Uh, I think he's going to get a shot in the NFL. Waiting your turn is something that, you know, obviously Tommy DeVito is, is doing. He's getting in when he can and getting some more opportunities earlier on than, than some other people potentially would when it comes to having a starting quarterback like Eric Dungy, who has been the guy. But you had alluded to this, that you had to essentially wait your turn yourself and, you know, being on a team where you were there, Don McPherson was there, and you had brought up, you know, having that one season. Now, the one season that you were at quarterback, the team back in 1988 with Coach Dick McPherson went 10-2. and So when you finally had your number called and finally had that opportunity to take over the offense, you threw for over 200 yards, and your ability out there to move the ball obviously was very successful and the guys around you created this atmosphere of 10 and 2 after the undefeated season of 11-0 and 1. So, just what you could say about being one of the guys that had to be patient when it's hard to be patient and on top of all of that when you finally got your opportunity, you took care of business. Yeah, it's um it is hard to be patient. It was really hard to be patient for 4 years back when I was there. Um but you know, we had a great program, a lot of great guys, and uh, everyone just kind of showed up uh, every day and worked hard. And uh, really, we were able to see a you know program kind of transform and uh, from the mid '80s to the late '80s. And you know, I was very fortunate that uh, to be part of that transformation and also to be part of a, a talent level that uh, continued to be elevated. Um, so as I got an opportunity, uh, you know, my senior year in '88, we had uh, such a great group of guys around me that it really, uh, in hindsight, made the job pretty easy. I mean, obviously, it's never perfect, but as you look back at that season, we had the talent, you know, really to win every game we were in, and the games that uh, we didn't win, uh, you look back on, and 
that's an opportunity missed. And uh, as a quarterback, you know, I've never been involved in a football game where I didn't think we could have won before it. And uh, I never thought after the game that we shouldn't have won it. You know, you, you have so many opportunities in a football game, especially as a quarterback with the ball in your hands, to do uh, to make the right plays and, and to move the team that uh, you know, I was very fortunate at that point to have such talent around me. Um, you, know, you mentioned Robert, obviously, running back. We had a couple of great running backs in him and Michael Owens. You had Daryl Johnson, a fullback, who could do anything, could run the ball, blocks like crazy, could catch the ball. Um, wide receivers, I mean, we had Rob Moore and Deval Glover. And uh, you know, I always say about Rob Moore, he was younger at that point. I don't know if he was a sophomore or, or what, but uh, if I knew how good Rob was at that point, I would have thrown a lot more touchdown passes because he was the kind of guy you could just put the ball up in the air and let him go get it. And uh, if I had a little more experience there, we could have even, uh, I think, had even greater numbers uh, offensively. But very fortunate at that team that we had, we had built a tradition and uh, we were able to continue it. And uh, it was a challenge to wait those four years to finally get that opportunity. But uh, in the end, certainly was all worth it. And having that opportunity and those experiences and obviously building those relationships, you mentioned a lot of guys on the team and a lot of guys whose names withstand the test of time. Speaking here with Todd Philcox on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. For the first time ever, Todd joining the stage. And Todd was at Syracuse in the mid to late 80s and obviously took over in 1988 at quarterback, as we were just speaking on. Todd, before I let you go, Syracuse is 4-0 for the first time since 1991. And that year was with Marvin Graves at quarterback, who also wore number five. And I spoke with Marvin about it already this week and his thoughts. What do you think about this Syracuse team? They defeated Clemson last year. There's a lot of you know familiar faces on the Clemson team. They're a young gun at quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He he kind of puts you in a position where you know you question what's going to happen. He can make some mistakes, but he also could be that young phenom. And you know that Clemson knows how to recruit well. He was considered one of the best recruits, if not the best recruit, when he came out. And he will be at quarterback in Clemson in Death Valley. So they're playing in Death Valley. They got they got a young gun under center. Syracuse defeated a bunch of the guys on the team last season inside the Carrier Dome. Now they're 4-0 for the first time since 1991. So there's a lot of backstory. What do you think about the game? It's going to be a heck of a challenge. Um, you know, we're not going to be uh, able to walk in and there and surprise Clemson. Uh, they're going to be ready, and they're going to be a little angry from uh, last year's game. You know, that being said, uh, I think our offense can uh, move the ball on anyone and score points. Um as you said, I think Dungy's a fantastic leader, uh, tough as nails, and he's going to do whatever it takes to, to move the ball and to get them in scoring opportunities. Um, it's going to be a challenge. The defense is going to have to step up. I, I love seeing the way the defense played against Florida State. Um, and I think they've got some talent there that's probably a little bit you know, unrecognized, maybe guys that are just just getting their feet wet and learning really how to play uh the college game at, at, a, at the level that they need to be to, to beat a team like Clemson. So I'm going to be watching, and uh, I think we can be competitive. And then football's a game where you get one or two bounces that go your way, and uh, you can come out with a victory that maybe people aren't expecting. You know, we're playing probably one of the top teams in the country. You know, they're, I think Clemson's right up there with Alabama, and they're competitive with anybody. So it's a huge challenge, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Syracuse will be ready and Hopefully we can come out with a win. That coming from Todd Philcox. Todd, uh, lastly here for you, I want to give a shout-out. 
salty charters of Jacksonville. Bring me into it. What are you doing nowadays? What's going on? I, uh, I go fishing. So, uh, no complaints. I'll be out fishing this afternoon. I, uh, run a uh, charter, uh, inshore fishing here, like tackle and, uh, get out in the, uh, kind of intercoastal waterways in the St. John's river and, uh, have a lot of fun, uh, catching redfish and, uh, sea trout and flounders, tarpon, stuff like that. So we've got a, uh, just a beautiful area here in the Northeast Florida, uh, great waterways. And, uh, I spend, uh, four or five days a week out on the water, uh, taking people fishing, teaching people how to fish and enjoying it myself. So pretty happy doing that. And what made you want to want to do this? Were you connect? I mean, as a kid, were you always going out? I mean, what, what made you, and, yeah. and I know that one of our uh, listeners actually has their name on our feed as Giuseppe fishing. So I'm sure that he's in his element right now, not expecting a former Syracuse player to be talking about fishing and football. So just what made you, you know, kind of fall in love with it and want to do something like this? You know, I grew up, uh, I was very fortunate. I grew up on the shores of Long Island Sound in Connecticut, and I've been uh, fishing and enjoying uh, just being on the water since I was probably old enough to walk and old enough to hold a fishing rod and uh, do those things. So it's kind of how I grew up uh, with my my dad and my grandfather and stuff and getting out in the water and fishing. And uh, I had some time periods when I was playing football and traveling, and maybe it was more landlocked, uh, living in Ohio and places like that. But always knew that I would end up uh, wherever I settled. I'd be close to the water and, uh, and enjoying those things. And when I came down to Jacksonville, here just decided that I would uh, pursue a captain's license, get that, and uh, started that business kind of as a as a hobby type business on the side. And uh, been doing it now for about 12, 13 years, and now it's kind of my primary occupation. So just was able to grow that into a to a viable business and do something I love. Well, and that's what it's all about. When you don't, and I got to ask you this: you said you do something you love, and it's a viable business. So I'd venture to say that you don't really feel like you're working anymore. Well, you know, some days you're working more than others. So uh, just like everything, right? Nothing's uh, not every day is the best day, but uh, certainly uh, if you're going to have a, a bad, it's better than a bad day uh, working at a bank. I'm sure. So I'll yeah. take it. And uh, you know, there's I, I haven't like you would mention before about having a thousand people on and uh, never really having too many people that. Uh, gave you any displeasure well i've uh, people have asked me before you know you go out fishing you ever had anyone really bad out in your boat and i said to be honest with you i've never had a person that uh you know i had a hard time with everybody goes out to enjoy themselves and uh i'm pretty light easy going kind of guy so uh, if you're if you're looking to have a good time i'm uh gonna have to get you out there and have some fun that coming from todd philcox if you're heading down to jacksonville which i do plenty of times and i will be down there for the jets game coming up this weekend uh, then you got to get out there and go fishing. Giuseppe said he's got a lot of fish on his bucket list, and you know. So, what do you have? Do you have kind of a crown jewel that you've caught, Todd? Uh, you know, around here we got lots of opportunities. The, the most common we catch is redfish, and they're probably the most fun on light tackle. You know, around here, great fight and, uh, and a good time. But uh, here we also uh, seasonally have some tarpon come in, and uh, we've got some. Uh, great shark fishing as well so a lot a lot a lot of sharks swimming around northeast florida this summer i had the chance to uh kind of inadvertently tied into about a 10 or 12 foot tiger shark for a little while and uh he uh he had a little fun playing with me i wasn't uh, in control whatsoever but uh had some fun fighting a big tiger shark before he uh, broke off and uh swam away to go harass uh, whatever else lives in the sea 
playing football at Syracuse and moving forward to fight with sharks in the water. I don't, I don't know how you have a better life than that. I think that if I was on your boat at that time, I would probably have robbed Conrad the whole thing and swam back to shore. So I don't, I don't think I would have been, I don't think I would have been fighting with tiger sharks, but I think it's uh, I think it's pretty awesome. My grandfather and my dad fought with an eel. We've had some catfish of the day, but I, I can honestly say that all the fishing I've done, I've never fought with a shark. But if I ever have to, Todd, I, I hope that you're there since I know that you fought with one and you're still alive to tell the story. Yeah, I'd, I'd advise you stay on the boat. I wouldn't jump over. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. It's a little safe. It's a little safer when you're up on the boat dry than uh, swimming with the sharks. Yeah, and, and nobody throwing any chum in the water or anything like that. So, <laughs> so that coming from Todd Philcox. Todd, great time with you this morning. Can't wait to have you back. And, and hopefully with you know all my time down in Jacksonville, we can, uh, we can link up down there sometime soon. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's do it. I'll be at the Jets game as well, so uh, go Jags and uh, go Orange this weekend. All right, sounds good. God bless, and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. And coming from Todd Philcox, one more time, Todd Philcox, number five on Syracuse's team, war number five, so did Bill Hurley, so did Marvin Graves and Donovan McNabb, and like I said, that was the quarterback number. When I was a kid growing up, I was like, oh, if I ever played football and I played quarterback, I'd want to be number five, because that's what it was about, right? It was about number five. 44 was a running back. Five was the quarterback. You know, that's what it was to me. And that's what meant. It, it meant a lot to me. So, you know, when I when I look back in history and, and, and I've had the opportunity to speak with Donovan and to speak with, with Todd and, and obviously Marvin Graves does Monday morning quarterback with us every Monday right here on Wake Up Call at 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. So, you know, that's that it's strange, you know, and, and, and they say, you know, live your best life, do the best you can and enjoy what you're doing and have fun with what you're doing. And, and as Todd said, it's not all perfect. It's not all sunshine and rainbows with everything. Even when you love something like crazy there, you know, there's still people that try to stand in your way. There's still situations. There's still angst. There's still annoyances. But when you do what you love and you love what you do, then, you know, you battle those things and you're fiercer and you become better and better at your craft, better as a person because of it. So, you know, I really appreciate having Todd on the show today and, you know, being a little kid growing up watching number five and thinking if a quarterback wore number five, he must have been good. And uh, and now saying that a trio of them have been on wake up call is is is. Is a dream come true, and I want to thank God for that. So with that being said, let's take a step aside. Today is National One-Hit Wonder Day, so I can't help myself. When we come back, I'm going to play some of my most memorable one-hit wonders that I've ever heard on the radio. So we will have those come back after this, and then we'll get into Syracuse interviews coming up in a second. Giuseppe said, LOL, killing me every fish he is talking about. That's right. If you want to fight with a tar- tiger shark and live to tell the story, Todd Philcox is your former Syracuse quarterback to do that with. We'll take a fast break. We'll be back in a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. 
Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious 9-ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90-inch monster. Watch your game. Enjoy time with family, friends, as well as bringing the kids to the playroom. The SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines, as well as Robert Drummond, Syracuse football alum, and Dan Satora's pregame show two hours before kickoff for every home game. Private parties available as well for as many as 300 people. Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com. It's National One-Hit Wonder Day, folks. That is the Macarena. So, craziness. 
National One Hit Wonder Day. I didn't know that it was until I knew that it was, and I'm just feeling the beat this morning. Little pick me up. I need to pick me up. You need to pick me up. So this is picking us up. The National One Hit Wonder Day is upon us, and I had to play that one. There's there's some other ones that's uh, that I think that you would know. I'm very surprised in some of these that they're one hit wonders, but it's like, you know, I mean, I guess it's because I know the song so well that I wouldn't think in my head that it would be, you know, that the band itself that did the song would, would not be huge. So I gotta, I gotta go to this one now. And this is the thing. Some of these songs are, are songs that, that people know so well you know, that's the thing is, how can they be a one-hit wonder, but... Don't worry, be happy. See, that's the thing is like these songs, these, the, the songs are, I mean, everybody knows the Macarena. Everybody knows Don't Worry, Be Happy. So you're like, how can, how can we have these one hit wonders? I mean, these people had to make other stuff, right? But not necessarily. That's the craziness about it is that we can hear these songs that are so top of mind and, and household songs, yet they've come from people that, you know, don't necessarily have a lot of other songs out there. And maybe they never did. Maybe they never did because they had these, so maybe they didn't ever have to get another song. Maybe this is just what their bread and butter came on. One of the songs that is missed misphrased misrepresented of all time come on eileen that song that you just heard right there there's there's another one i want to get to if you're just tuning in to wake up call with dan satora and you're like what in the actual heck is going on it's national one hit wonder day and it is beyond me that some of these songs that i love so very much that there was Nothing else that was a big-time hit for the groups that made these songs. Very sad. I'm happy that they made these songs, and I hope that, you know, they're living a great life. This is another one. Hey Mickey, craziness. Hey Mickey, we, what do what else do we have on here? We had oh, I have to I have to play this one. This this might be one that's considered one of the greatest one hit wonders of all time. It's got it's probably has to be this one. Let's get it all set up here. It is this one right here, not the one you just heard.
crazy. One hit wonders, but we know the words to all these songs. Macarena, Chumba Wumba, Tum Tum Humping, and what we just heard, Pissing the Night Away, is I, I think what a lot of people think that the words are on that one. It's crazy. Not only are they one hit wonders, but we sit here like, what the? What are they actually saying? And the, I love this song. like no words in this song whatsoever just my sharona that's it by the knack so those are some one hit wonders for you today folks i hope that you appreciated them oh i forgot i forgot my final one i have to i'm sorry in advance but i have to <laughs> i have to gotta give you this one Such a crazy song. So crazy by the Baja men. I feel like with all the barking that DMX, all the barking that DMX did, if DMX was the lead of the Baja men, maybe they would have more than a one-hit wonder. Maybe they just need a mashup. But, I mean, this, this literally, when you hear this and you see this and you listen to the words like really, like every dog needs a bone, that type of thing, I feel like this could be, the music in the background could be like a Clorox commercial, but this could definitely be like a a Purina dog chow commercial. It almost sounds like Disney Afternoons as well. The Baja men who let the dogs out. But that's the thing. You know, they say one hit wonders. And so, you know, it's like, oh, well, this this band didn't do this and they didn't do that. And they never had anything else. You know, they were a one hit wonder. They they didn't bring they didn't bring it right. They're not Whitney Houston. They're not Jennifer Lopez or Luther Vandross or, you know, or Phil Collins or and so on and so forth. But yet these are some of the songs that are the most iconic songs that come from one hit wonders. Mambo number five, Tainted Love, Mickey, Funky Town, My Sharona. These are the songs that we know. So on National One Hit Wonder Day, I felt like it was only right for me to give you some of those one hit wonders that you love so very much. And I, I think the best one is the Baja Men. I think that that's the best. I think that the, the one hit wonder of, by definition is Chumbawamba, but... I don't know if I could ever get enough of Who Let the Dogs Out. I don't I don't know why I like it. I also like My Sharona a lot. And Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Love that one. There's a lot of good ones on this thing. So even though they're one-hit wonders, they still are special. 
But I will tell you, without question, if I never hear this song again, I'm okay with it. I don't ever have to hear that song again. So there are some one-hit wonders that I'm, I, I've had enough of. I've probably heard them once and never wanted to hear them again. But there's a lot of these other ones that I just I, I really can't, I can't get enough of. And Who Let the Dogs Out is definitely on that special list. So they may be one-hit wonders, but it doesn't mean that they're not some of the songs that are the catchiest ones that we've ever heard and that stay top of mind to us. So shout out to everybody on National One Hit Wonder Day. And if you ever have one hit and no other hits after that, I hope that it's one that is catchy, exciting, fun, and memorable. And if it's Chumbawamba and you're pissing the night away, well, then I hope that whatever you do after that is constructive, positive, and forward-thinking. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back with the Syracuse players in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to Canine Campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9 Campground. Consistency is, well, 
consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. We appreciate you tuning in to the show every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. What are you doing Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11? You could be working. You could be sl- you could be getting out of bed. You could be coming off a third shift. You could be dropping the kids off and taking care of some errands. You could be practicing. You could be training. But whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you could take the show with you. That's the beauty of it. As long as you have your desktop, your laptop, iPad, iPod, any type of smartphone device that you could just plug your buds into and take it with you, you're free to listen to the show. And if you're sitting at the desk and you got the desktop or the laptop, then you're good to go with that too. Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is your travel buddy. We come with you wherever you go, and you can listen in on MixLR.com backslash DT, making it easy for people all over Central and Upstate New York and around the country as well as around the world to listen in to Wake Up Call every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Giuseppe Fishing said, is Scatman considered a one-hit wonder? And I'm going to look that up now because now I have to jog my memory on Scatman. Is Scatman, there's Statman, Scatman, I can only find Statman, Scatman, so let's see what this is. Oh, okay, this one. So let's see what we got here, not this song, it's coming up here, this one. 
I think that would be fun to do in a in a in an interview setting, you know. I think that that would be awesome to do as a coach. If you didn't want to answer a question, coach, <laughs> coach, can you tell us about the injury to your quarterback? I think that would be great. I would love to see Dino be like, hey, is Eric Dungy okay? <laughs> I forgot about that song. So, Giuseppe Fishing, you're one of my favorite people in the world today. At least today. At least in this moment today, you're one of my favorite people in the world. Maybe more than today. Could be more than today. But today, for sure, this is this is awesome. I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love this. Because I forgot. I mean, I did. I completely and utterly forgot about that song. And I'm so happy that somebody brought that back front and center into my life because I, I just, I mean, is, is, is there's, this is one of those things in the world that you can't compare anything to. You can't be like, well, Scantman is, is kind of like this other song because it's not. You can't help but dance to this song. I mean, you just can't. That's what I'm saying. These one-hit wonders. People want to put a knock on a one-hit wonder. Oh, they never made another hit, blah, blah, blah. Some of these one-hit wonders are, are, I mean, they get you. I can't. I wish you could see me in the studio today. I don't have the camera on for Facebook Live right now. I wish you could see. Maybe I'll do a video after of just, because all you need to do to a song like that is just kind of like shake your head around like you're insane. You know, that's all you have to do. I, I would I would love, 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 love that in a press conference. Hey, coach, I'm a scat man. <laughs> I would love that because coaches try to find ways to maybe not talk about stuff they don't want to talk about sometimes. And when they get pushed and pressed for, see, I don't, I don't ask those questions because I'm not stupid. You know, I'm going to ask a coach, hey, is such and such injury? He's not going to tell us. He's not going to tell you. And if you ask it another way, he's not going to tell you that way either. Because coaches don't want to talk about injuries. It's something that never never does a coach want to talk about an injury. Unless he's telling the story, like, unless it's like James Conner and, you know, James Conner was nursing back an injury and going through cancer treatment. And this, but a coach typically is not going to sit there and say, let me tell you that my starting running back is not going to be available for the upcoming game. So the team that's playing me, if you're listening, please make sure that you don't have to watch any of that film. You don't have to worry about my guy because he's not going to be out there and all of the backups are going to be out there instead. So happy game plan. I mean, coaches aren't going to do that. And DeAndre Smith told me a long time ago, he's like, why am I going to talk about a kid's injury so that I can put it out there so that some team can come and hit him and try to injure him and hurt him 
And how's that going to make me look as a coach? I'm supposed to protect the kid. I'm supposed to be there for him. And if I tell everybody, oh, yeah, he's got a right ankle injury, then what's going to happen next game? They're going to go after his ankle. So there's a lot of things that go into it. So I think to make it all better, coaches should just do that. If they don't want to answer a question, I'm a scat man. I would love that. I think that that would be fun. So maybe that's just me, but Giuseppe Fishing, you made my day today. So thank you for that. I appreciate it tremendously. With that being said, it is time to get into our Syracuse one-on-one conversations. I had an opportunity to have some Q&As and press conference settings where I got to speak with some of the players, and then I got to spend some extended time with Gabe Haran. So we'll get to Gabe. Giuseppe likes it. So shout-out to Giuseppe for making my day. I had an opportunity to speak with Eric Dungy as well as Kendall Coleman and Sean Riley after their victory 51-21 over the UConn Huskies over this past weekend. I'm going to start with Sean Riley, and I, I spoke with Sean about being on the offensive side of the ball as a wide receiver and also being a kick returner and a punt returner. I know that he has been trying to put a lot of things together. He's been trying to break one all season long, and he had a, a couple times in the beginning of this game where he had tried to break one and by what I mean by break one is get out there and and get himself a touchdown in you know with some of these punt returns that he's had especially that he's been trying to just get out there and make it happen and he's come close but got tripped up or came up a little bit short and against UConn that did not happen he was able to finally get that touchdown and he had almost 300 all-purpose yards so we speak about that really quick here I mean the coaches prepared us all week in the film room uh they told us whether or where whether there are going to be open spaces, and uh, we just executed. So that coming from Sean Riley, when I said really quick, I meant really quick. Man, a few words on that one for Sean Riley. I want to get into what it looks like for Sean in this game. He and like I said, he had it was 159 yards on kick and punt returns combined, and then it was 120 receiving yards, which made 279 all-purpose yards. If an offense had 279 yards, almost 300 yards, or a quarterback had almost 300 yards, that's not a bad day. But to have 279 yards as one player in this game, tremendous for Sean Riley. He is somebody who we were walking out of camp, fall camp, and I looked at him, and Sean's known me for a while, and I looked over at Sean and I said, Special Teams Player of the Year in the ACC. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, man, that's what I'm shooting for. So, you know, he's like, that's 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 the plan, I think is what he said, is that's the plan. So Sean Riley helping the team out and doing some great things for the team. I know he's a team guy. He's a very hardworking guy, and he's a humble guy. And like I said, man, a few words. You know, he goes out there and he goes to work, and I know that, you know, he is serious about his craft and if anybody questioned that ever, which they, I don't know why you would, 110 yards on punt returns in this game on three punt returns, averaged almost 40 yards per punt return, 69-yard touchdown in the game against UConn, also had two kick returns for a total of 49 yards, averaging just about 25 yards per kick return, and on six catches, he led the team with 120 yards, 20 yards average per catch and a touchdown in the game, including a 49-yard score, which was that that one touchdown that he had. So just his two scoring plays alone was 118 yards. 
his 49-yard touchdown after catching the ball from Dungy, and then his 69-yard punt return. If you just add those two and have nothing else, he had 118 yards just from his two scoring plays. Sean Riley, hell of a game, trying to break one all season. He got it out of the way, out of his system, which I think will breed ground for him having more coming up. And speaking of coming up, Kendall Coleman on the other side of the ball, I asked him about the defense because the defense has been playing a hell of a lot better than they have since Dino Babers came in with Brian Ward as the defensive coordinator. These last two games have been tremendous for Syracuse defensively and getting the job done and doing some good things. Florida State by far was the best game that they ever played on defense under Babers. This game not too shabby, back-to-back. So I asked Kendall Coleman, starting defensive end, who's been able to get through and get to the quarterback in these last few games, just what his thoughts are on the staff from the top down, defensive coordinator Brian Ward and the entire staff, just what he had to say about them, and this was his response. Uh, yeah, definitely. So they uh, they do a good job of letting us know when uh, when we've made good plays and stuff like that, but the, the most important thing is to just not dwell on the past and not dwell on those plays. Good plays happen, but certain bad plays. And so they make sure that we also know about the bad plays and that uh, – we're moving on and learning from those things and being able to correct them throughout the game and throughout the week. And finally, as we go special teams to defense to offense, every single piece of Syracuse talked about on today's show and interviewed after the game, and so I'm very excited about that, is Eric Dungy coming up next. So Dungy and Sean Riley were honored in ACC accolades. It is the second week in a row that Syracuse has had three players honored inside of the ACC Players of the Week. So big ups to everybody that had that opportunity and took that opportunity and was honored. And to the ACC who saw the worth of Syracuse and appreciated and respected what Syracuse was doing. So definitely, you know, for the ACC and seeing it and for Syracuse, of course, in making it happen. So I want to congratulate Eric Dungy as the quarterback of the week in the ACC, Sean Riley as the specialist of the week in the ACC, and also a big-time shout-out that goes out here to – I mean, there's so many defensive players that have played well over the last few weeks, but you got to shout-out Elton Robinson, D-lineman of the week for the ACC as well, coming out of Syracuse. And I do want to show some love. As I said, it's been two weeks in a row. So I definitely want to show some love out there for what Syracuse accomplished this past week as well. Having three players two weeks in a row. You know, for Syracuse, it's good, you know, in their recent history, just to have one player that's honored in the ACC Players of the Week, let alone three, and let alone three two weeks in a row is pretty tremendous and pretty amazing for this Syracuse team that seems to be clicking when they need to be clicking right now. Elton Robinson, Kendall Coleman, you know, big appreciation for what they've been doing lately as well as Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito was honored early on here, and I want to give him credit. Kylan Whitner was honored as linebacker of the week, and then kicker Andre Schmidt was the specialist of the week against Florida State, and Tommy DeVito was the rookie of the week as quarterback for the Syracuse Orange and their win over Florida State. So two weeks in a row, three players honored from Syracuse. Not one, not two, but three. So Tommy DeVito, Kylan Whitner, and Andre Schmidt for offense, defense, and special teams. And then this time around, offense, defense, and special teams was honored again. So nothing like having players honored after a victory 
and then have all three phases of the game honored, which shows that Syracuse just wasn't a good offense like they've been in the past. But on offense, defense, and special teams, they've been doing some good things. So big ups and big respect to the Orange for that. And as I said for this week, honoring Elton Robinson, honoring Sean Riley, offense, defense, special teams, and now to the offense, Eric Dungy. This is what he had to say to me about Dino Babers, who had a message to him when he came in, just what he has to say about that message and what Dino has done throughout building to where they are now. Yeah, I mean, um, it's been great, but at the end of the day, I mean, we still got eight more games to go, at least. Um, so we got to really focus in and take a week by week. You can't really be thinking too far in the future or too far in the past. You really just got to live in the present. And right now, like I said, we're back for punch. That coming from Eric Dungy. Eric Dungy in this game, five total touchdowns, no interceptions, three rushing touchdowns, and two passing touchdowns in the game, and was over 77% on his completion percentage. So, not a shabby day by any stretch of the imagination for Mr. Eric Dungy. I want you to vote in a poll right now. Should Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy be realistically considered for the Heisman Trophy? There's only two hours left to vote on Twitter at CallDT. That's C-A-L-L-D-T. Make sure you vote. I put up polls on Twitter every single week on all different things. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at CallDT. That's C-A-L-L-D-T. Like call on the phone, D-T, call D-T. So go there. It's a shortened version of Wake Up Call. So go to Twitter, at CallDT, vote in the poll. Should Eric Dungy be realistically considered for the Heisman Trophy this season? 14% of you said overwhelming yes. 64% of you said yes. 14% said no. And 8% said absolutely not. So your no's are 22%. Your yes or overwhelming yes are 78%. So the overwhelming majority of you believe that Eric Dungy should be considered this year for the Heisman Trophy. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. When we come back, you will hear from one of the people that he threw to and somebody that is no stranger to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and that is Gabe Haran, who caught his first touchdown on his first catch ever collegiately. First catch, first, catch, first touchdown in his first game played Gabe Haran with a nice intro to hopefully a long, fruitful season for the local Baldwinsville B, Gabe Haran, who's now on the Syracuse Orange. He'll be back with us in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dry Sig Apparel. 
creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT here for you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless and much appreciation as always. And I do want to uh, let something be known here. Todd Philcox brought it up while he was on the broadcast earlier today. And Rob Long just put it up on Facebook. Said, last week I, I, received, I was received with the highest honor presented by the Syracuse Football Alumni Club, the Zunick Award. It was unbelievable to accept that award, but I am thankful. I am so thankful that this is something the football club does annually to keep the memory and story of Mike and Judy Zunick alive. And so what a tremendous thing. We're going to have to have Rob Long on to speak about this. I'm going to share this on my Facebook page right now, so you can go find it by going to facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And I just – Rob Long is is tremendous, and that's that's exactly what I'm typing right now as, as, as we're speaking. So Rob Long – given the Zunick Award, and it was something that was just mentioned, like I said, uh, mentioned here by Todd Philcox uh, just a little while ago. So big ups to big ups to him and uh, big you know to Rob Long and to everything that he has been able to do. Absolutely tremendous. Keep fighting the good fight. I pray and I hope that he never has to fight another fight again with you know with cancer or with anything. And God bless him and and just much love to him as always because. What a tremendous person, and I've always loved talking with him and having him on the show. And the last uh, basketball season, I saw him. You know, we caught each other's eye, and he was sit- he was sitting down right across the way from me. And I saw him, and I went to walk over to him. So I'm walking toward him. He's walking toward me. And instead of shaking my hand, he just gave me a big hug. He's like, "How you doing?" And I was like, "Good. How are you?" So I mean, it's just to just get a. I mean, he's just he's a, such a calming, sweet, kind individual. He's not mad at the world. He's not mad at God. He's just a fighter. And if we could all be 
like Rob Long. Appreciate the things that you have in your life and just and just love with everything you got and just be warm and, and, and open and appreciative. So I look forward to having Rob on soon. Congratulations to Rob on the Zunick Award. And to get back to Syracuse, uh, Rob Long, a, a recent player for Syracuse history, current player in Syracuse history that is making his own waves was Gabe Horan, wore number 88. 88 is a very meaningful number to wide receivers. It's one that's been worn very well, especially in the NFL. So shout out to Gabe Horan, number 88 on the Syracuse Orange. Came in and on his first play, got his first catch and his first touchdown ever as a college football player as a true freshman from Eric Dungey, where he caught the ball from about seven yards away and leaned back and put himself into the end zone, powered himself in after catching the ball. He said once he got it, there's no way he wasn't scoring. Here's Gabe Horan in our conversation. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you too. So, with four games in, you already have your first career collegiate touchdown. Just bring me into that. Oh man, it's surreal. I can't even um, can't even put it into words. Honestly, I I would have never expected this. You know, this soon in my career. You know, I always thought you know I'd be out there on the field, you know, making plays, but just now that it's actually happened, it's just surreal. When they call you to come out there, just bring me into that that opportunity, that play, because as soon as Dungey found you, yeah. it was like nobody was going to keep yeah. you out. I mean, I knew I was going to get in this game at some point, but for that early in the game, you know, it kind of threw me off guard. But I was ready, you know, strap my helmet on, got out there, you know, I got the play call, got out there, uh, ran my route, turned around, saw the ball in the air. I was like, let's go. So I caught that ball. I mean, I knew I had to go. Get, uh, I knew I had to score. You know, I couldn't get stopped on the on the goal line like that. So I knew I had to score somehow. And I found a way. Successful teams in the '80s and in the '90s had Central and Upstate New Yorkers. You're repping Central and Upstate New York from Baldwinsville. Just what you can say about having that connection and being one of those local pieces on the current team. I mean, it's just crazy being that local guy. You know, playing in front of your hometown. You know, it's crazy. There's, there's definitely talent in Central New York. You know, it's just crazy being able to be one of the guys and make it out of Central New York and you know, put on for your hometown. You had Big Ten opportunities and other opportunities out there, other teams looking at you. What made this the right fit and the right feel for you and now kind of hindsight 2020 being here? Really bonded with the coaches and another plus was uh, I like that it was uh, I'm from Syracuse and so my family could come watch me every week so that was really a big decision for me right there. Did you have an opportunity to see the family yet? I know that they're no, always coming up. No? Yeah, they're waiting for me outside right now. <laughs> what is your expectation of their response? Oh, gosh, I'm going to get bombarded with hugs. <laughs> that's, that's what I know. Do you feel a lot of that love? Do you Did you uh, kind of see anybody out there after the fact? I mean, do you know kind of where they're sitting at after you scored? Uh, yeah, I knew where they are on the stands. Yeah, I always looked up to them and acknowledged them, of course. So. Did they, so after that play, did you take a moment to see them out there? Um, yeah, I believe I did. I looked up and nodded. You know, they, you know, they were all jumping up and down, all excited. You know, it was crazy. I can't remember most of it right now. <laughs> it just it went so fast. And lastly, for me, just 4 0. The last time the team did this was 27 years ago in 1991. Just what it means to you to be a part of it and knowing that you have a big time game coming up on the road against Clemson. I mean, I always knew we were capable of it. And I mean, I believe, you know, I have high beliefs in this team. I mean, I always knew that we were going to want to feed it up to this point. I mean, next week we got Clemson, they're an incredible team, so we're going to prepare the best we can and see what happens. That coming once again from Gabe Horan in our conversation. Gabe Horan in the game got his once again first ever touchdown on his first ever catch, on his first ever play, seven yards out in the Carrier Dome in front of his family, who are awesome, by the way. 
Gabe Haran, the local, the local, local, local product. And I got to say local a hundred million times because it's true. We have to have that Syracuse has to have more, more local players. And I, and that's not to take away from anybody that's not local. Don't get it twisted. It's not to take away from any player that's not local or downplay anybody that's not local. But Syracuse get, needs to get more local players on their team. They just do. They should. They should have more local players on the team because the amount of support, just think about it, the entire Haran family, Gabe Haran's entire family, they're all there. They're all there watching, hanging out. You can have your grandparents, your parents, you get your best friend, your girlfriend, your boy. You know, I mean, no matter who it is, where you are, what you're doing, they can all be there because it's 15 minutes away from their house. So, and and you can't underestimate what it means to have local talent playing for their hometown or their home region in front of their family. It's tremendous. It is absolutely positively tremendous. So that moment for Gabe Haran was was unbelievable and special. I shouldn't say unbelievable, but probably an unbelievable feeling, a very special feeling, a feeling that you know, you can't you can't match, but Rob Drummond can talk about it, and Scott Schwades can talk about it, and Tim Green can talk about it. Gabe Haran can talk about it. Mackie McPherson can talk about it. Cam McPherson can talk about it. Riley Dixon can talk about it. The local flavor. Those guys can talk about this stuff. Because they went to school down the street, or they grew up 15 minutes away. So... Syracuse should have more local talent, and it's not that it's not out there. Tyler Days is at BC. Stevie Scott is at Indiana. Noah Jordan-Williams is at BC. John Phillips is at BC. Nottingham, CBA, CNS. They're sending kids to the NFL, D1, ACC. It's one thing to say, okay, well, it wasn't a Division A kid. It wasn't an FBS kid. Well, they are. Or to say, okay, well, at least it wasn't in the ACC. Well, it is. Well, at least it's not in the same division. It is in the same division. It's in Boston College, the overwhelming majority of them. So, you know, Syracuse can't lose out on local talent in the local area, especially not to an ACC team, and especially not to a team in your conference, in your division that you play every single year. But with Tyler Day's and with John Phillips and Noah Jordan-Williams and company, they did. Right in their backyard, and now they have to play them every single season. Can't afford to lose those. Gabe Haran from Baldwinsville, from C.W. Baker High School, he decided to come to Syracuse, and that was a great victory for the Syracuse Orange, who haven't won a lot of those victories lately. That was a victory that was big for the Syracuse Orange. First catch. First touchdown, all in one play. Big shout out to Gabe Haran, who I expect big things out of while he's playing at Syracuse and beyond and everything that he does in his life because he's a really good kid and I appreciate being around him. I got to spend time with him doing a couple shows out in Baldwinsville with uh, with Coach Carl Sanfilippo and, and the team. So I've had the pleasure of being around him and spending quality time with him, not just doing an interview here and there, but actually getting to sit with him and talk with him. And I'm very grateful for that time and appreciate that time that I had with Gabe. I thank Gabe for giving me that time, and I look forward to plenty of time in the future.
because it's definitely gone a long way and it's meant a lot. And, you know, you want to see good kids succeed and he's a good one. So God bless to you, Gabe, and to the family. And congratulations on the victory and congratulations on your first catch, which became your first touchdown, which you can tell your kids and your grandkids and your grandkids, grandkids for the rest of your life. So shout out to you. And here is two big things to come. You got that one out of the way and you're the first four games as a true freshman. So sky's the limit from here. And I know that you'll do well. Speaking of doing well and sky's the limit, the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company and it's a Utica thing are in for a treat today because they are going to be represented by this conversation. The ingredients to success are going to come from the mouth of Joe Morris who holds numerous records for Syracuse in the running game and who just had his jersey number 47 retired. My first question to Joe Morris inside of the ingredients to success is about, he mentioned Jim Brown and Ernie Davis and Floyd Little and this, that, and the other thing. He broke a lot of records at Syracuse. He set a lot of records at Syracuse, and they've held up. Just what he thinks about setting those records, and on top of that, knowing that they still stand. And this is what Joe Morris had to say to me about that. I always thought they would be broken, and they haven't been. And I don't know if I'm happy or sad about that. I talked to Coach Babers about it, and I said, said, you need a running back that's going to lead your thing. And from what I've seen for the last couple games, you look like they've got some people. Even Eric Dungey looks like he could be a running back here now, because trust me, that – some of the stuff he was doing is just amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that we have a coach like that who understands what has to be done. And, you know, to see that game against Florida State when, you, you know, everybody was telling me, you know, they're going to lose. My brother Jamie said, Joe, I'm telling you this right now, Syracuse is going to surprise them. I said, look, I'm, I'm rooting for Syracuse. He goes, yeah, I, I got what you're saying, Joe, but I want you to listen, I want you to, listen to me. Syracuse can beat Florida State. Because Florida State can have as much talent as they want. But I said, but your team is starting to jail. It's starting to get going. He said, I watched the Western Michigan game. He says, I thought Syracuse had something very special that day. And he said, trust me, they're going to beat Florida State. Trust me, they're going to beat Florida State. And they absolutely did that. Joe Morris, again, being the humble person that he is, I asked him to talk about himself, and he talked about other people. Well, in this conversation continues and I spoke with him about, he said that he wanted, a little bit earlier in this in this press conference, he had made mention that he wanted to achieve 1,000 career rushing yards at Syracuse. Career. In his four years of being at school, getting his degree, he wanted to have 1,000 rushing yards. That's what he wanted. He ended up having over 1,000 rushing yards in three of four seasons at Syracuse. His lowest season was over 700 yards. Set out to have a thousand for his career, had thirteen hundred in one season, and over a thousand in three of four seasons at Syracuse. So I spoke with him about that, and this is what he had to say. Syracuse, you had over a thousand yards in three out of four seasons. Just what you can say about those memories on the field and how you outdid yourself and what your expectations were of yourself. I think that what you have to do is you have to realistically look at yourself. Weighed one hundred and seventy pounds when I got here. If I gained 1,000 yards in the four years, that would have been wonderful. And that would have been nice if I graduated with a degree and my dad would have been happy with that. And that's, that would have made him very happy. But like any athlete, everybody wants to, to, to try to achieve something. You rush for 1,000 yards in maybe eight or nine games your, your freshman year, you think, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's a little low. 
old, but you know, I, I, I never got ahead of myself. I only worried about what I can control. I can make myself stronger, make myself better, and I can get better. I can work with my teammates to get better, but that's all I can do. And that's the only thing you can control as a player. That coming from Joe Morris saying, hey, I set out to do this, and after, you know, a few games in, you realize, okay, well, I can get to here, then maybe I have to go farther than that. He knew I get a degree, and I go out there and I set up a 1,000 yards, my dad's going to be happy. He ended up doing so much more than that. So much respect and much appreciation to Joe Morris, who has been not only professional, but selfless. And to truly get even more of a sense of his selflessness, listen into this. So those two conversations that I had, those two, those two Q&As that I had with Joe Morris were before his ceremony. This was immediately after. This was in the Carrier Dome, in the tunnel, after his jersey was unveiled. And this is what Joe Morris had to say to me. Because he kept talking about his teammates. And he brought a high school teammate. Brought teammates that he had at Syracuse. Teammates that he had in high school. His dad. All of these big things. All these big time beautiful things. All these people he was thanking. And he kept talking about his team. If not for my team. My team. My team was behind me. The greatest part of this situation was the fact that my team was standing there with me. Representation from my team was there with me. And he kept naming off the names. So I asked him. Is your honor their honor too? Is honoring Joe Morris and putting your 47 in the rafters, is that honoring your teammates too? And this is what Joe Morris had to say. I think it's more theirs than it's mine because here's the thing. God gives you talent to do things, but you have to have good people around you. Think about the people I played with. I played with Bill Hurley. I played with Art Monk. I played with Craig Wolfley. These people taught me the ropes of the game. They taught me how to carry myself on the field and to go out how to represent Syracuse in the right way and do things right. And you know, when people talk to me about Syracuse, they say, Joe, I said, the first thing you got to realize this, in four years I graduated from this great school. I was here for an education, because let me explain. Earl Morris' theory, now you, you watched him come out with me and he was happy that his son was out there. The first thing he told me when I was 17 years old when he dropped me off, he says, in four years I'm coming to a graduation. Guess what? You better be in the line. <laughs> What's funny about it is, a person gave me a picture today, me carrying the flag for the College of Human Development when I was a senior. So that meant something to me very special, because I didn't have to come back and get my degree. I did it in the four years while I was here. God gives you talent to do things, but you have to have good people around you. Let that sit for a second. Let it marinate. Let it marinate. God gives you talent, but you have to have good people around you. God gives you talent, but you have to have good people around you. God gave me talents, opportunities, abilities that I appreciate. And it is my wife, my little my little daughter Lily, my mom, 
my friends, one of them that just texted me in the moment that I was about to thank him. Again, no coincidences in the world, just God incidences. God gives you talent, but you have to have good people around you. My listeners have become friends. Businesses that I work with and have partnered with have become friends and part of the family. My mom has always enlightened my spirit, pushed me to be the best I could be. My G-mama, the same push me to be the best that I can be. My wife, push me the best that I can be. My dogs, Mordu, Cinnamon, Shady, Lily now, push me to be the best I can be. All my pets I had growing up, Sunny and Magic, Daredevil, Ross, Nick, Evan, Eric. So many good people have pushed me to be the best that I can be. I have to, you know, thank people like Johnny and like Jimmy and, and Eric and and Mike and Trey and, and Rick and Eric C. and Justin and Nathan and Zach and, and the list goes on and on and on. And Nicholas and, and then Nick down in Florida and then my producer Nick and Jason. And I'm, I want to make sure I don't forget anybody. Mark, Stefan, Lisa, so many beautiful people that I've met through doing this job. Phil, Danny, Dan, Jay, Mark, Rob, Joey, some of the most, Floyd, some of the most tremendous, tremendous people. That I've met. And then all the people that stood in my way. Thank you to all of those people. The people that try to do it now. The people that will try to do it. The people that have tried to do it. Thank you. Because you made me get thicker skinned. You made me tougher. You made me stronger. You made me better than I thought I could be. You got me to handle stuff I didn't think I could handle. You made me have baptism by fire. So you tried to kill me. And I rose like a damn phoenix. Thank you for that. Thank you for being a jerk. Because it made me a better person. And I heard something yesterday. As we speak on the ingredients to success. And this is all very meaningful to that. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. And it's a Utica thing. Which is the right people to have it brought to you by. Because Charlie and Phil have been tremendous to me. And. I appreciate them very much, and I, I got to spend time with both of them, and, and Phil and I spend a ton of time together, and we do two guidos in a kitchen, and you know, and, and Phil is by far one of the best people I've ever met in this business, and and I, I got to be thankful for that for sure, and I am. I heard something yesterday about, you know, when... I want to get the I want to get the words right, and I don't I don't know the exact way that it was said, but it was it was something along the lines of when you when you stick up for yourself, 
you know, when you when you truly realize your self worth, when you truly love yourself and appreciate yourself, you stick up for yourself and you say that's not good enough for me. They said in that moment, good for you, because in that moment you have realized that you deserve better. I think it was on Ryan Seacrest. Tell me, tell me something good, because Ryan Seacrest does a tremendous thing where he has people call up and they can only talk about positive things. God forbid, right? So he's on the show, and I think it was that show. It was the quote of the day. It was, you know, when when you say like, it was something like when you say enough is enough or when you demand better, it's when you've realized your self-worth, good for you. Like when you establish that someone is not, oh, it was something like, you know that you truly love yourself and know your worth when somebody treats you lower than what you feel that you deserve and you stick up for yourself for it. You know, when when you know I'm better than this, I deserve better than that, that that's when you truly found your self-worth and, and you know, and good for that person. And and I find that to be very true, you know. We, we, t- we typically look to other people for our self-worth, right? We want to have... We look at material goods for self-worth. We look at how big our house is or what car we have or what job we have or how much money we make or what we can buy or how many friends we have or how many people we slept with or dated or whatever to have worth. It's numbers, right? It's volume. Quality is the only thing that gets you to heaven. It's not the quantity. If I had five people on the show and not a thousand, if they were five of the greatest people that I've ever spoken to in my life, hello, five. And... You know, the CNY Pop Festival, if it gets 2 million people or two, did I get the best I could? Did those people have a good time? The people that came up to me at the CNY Pop Festival that thanked me for the show, tremendous. Tremendous. The amount of the words that I got back from the entertainers and the sports figures and the vendors, you know, I have so many reasons to cry positively from the pop festival, from from going out and doing something and having the guts to try something totally outside of my wheelhouse up to this point. So you know you have the talents, but you surround yourself with good people. Well, I surrounded myself with great people with the CNY Pop Festival. I'm surrounded by good people with the Jaguars when I go down and cover them. I'm surrounded by great people in business that I partner with here in Central and Upstate New York. I'm surrounded by great people that listen to the show. I'm surrounded by great friends. I'm surrounded by great family members. And here's the thing about family. When I say family, I mean the people that I love the most. When I say family, I mean the people that love me the most, the people that are always there, no matter what, that don't need to be asked to be there. I love those people. That's my family. So whether that's a listener, a business partner, a friend, or an actual blood relative, my family are the people that I love the most, that love me the most, that I would do anything for, and they would do anything for me without question. Rob Drummond is one of the greatest Syracuse running backs that didn't wear 44. Historically, I can't tell you how many people in the last almost 10 years have come up to him anytime we do a show because they know him, they recognize him, they want to thank him, they want to talk to him. I love it. Arthur Jones came up just to bump his fist. Appreciate you, brother. That was it. At our last show at the Press Room Pub most recently. 
So I see that and I love that and I appreciate that and it's very meaningful. But I don't love Rob like a brother because he played for Syracuse. I don't love Rob because he had a career that was 15 years as a pro. I don't love Rob because he could run people over and this and the other thing. I love Rob because if I ever needed anybody at any time in my life, I don't even have to ask him. I don't even have to. I could pick up the phone and just and be silent and he'll be like, I'll be right over. There are people in our lives that make us better people. Those are the only people that matter. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to other people in this world. I'm telling you the truth. The only people that matter in your life are the people that make you a better person. The people on Twitter that are giving you crap and this, who cares? They don't matter. As far as you know, it's a robot. As far as you know, it's somebody that doesn't like you from high school or or it's a competitor and you're in you know, it's it's a fellow pilot or a fellow broadcaster or a fellow teacher that's just posing as somebody else so they can be rude to other people because they literally have nothing else to do with their lives. So they have to pretend to make you think that all these people hate you when it's really just them sitting in their basement crying themselves to sleep because they haven't tried hard enough in their life to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Nobody in your life that is trying to hurt you, first of all, they shouldn't be in your life, but if they are, know this. No one in your life, no one around you, nobody anywhere that hurts another person deliberately or tries to ruin someone else's success or happiness is a happy person themselves. There is not a happy person on this planet or a successful person on this planet truly successful. They might appear that way with cars and money, but I've met a lot of people that have a lot of stuff and no success. A lot of people that have a lot of stuff and no self-confidence. A lot of people that have a lot of stuff and don't know how to talk to a room full of strangers. Success and happiness never hates. Happy people don't hate people. Because you can't hate and love at the same time. You can't. You can't hate and love at the same time. They block each other. So the only people that matter in your life are not the strangers and the crazy people and the people that want you to fail. The only people that matter in your life are the people that love you like crazy. They're the only people that matter. And shout out to Eric for my message today that said, love you, brother, because it came at the perfect time, and I love you too. So God is good. God gives you talent. You got to surround yourself with good people to build you up so that you don't quit on yourself and so that you use your talents to the best of your ability and you do good in this world. Joe Morris said it. Maybe you'll listen to him. Maybe you'll listen to me. Listen to somebody that's telling you positive things. Block out the negative. It doesn't matter. Blake Bortles would have quit football a long time ago if you listen to people because he wasn't anything at UCF and he wasn't anything in the Fiesta Bowl and he wasn't anything in the draft and he wasn't anything to the Jaguars and he's definitely not a five-year starter. But guess what, folks? He's all those things. You told him he wasn't. He didn't listen. And he did it anyway. So can I read you something in conclusion here, if you'll oblige me? It's one of my favorite...
kind of it's one of my favorite things to to read. I don't I can't I can't say that it's this that, and the other thing. It's it's just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful piece. It's an absolutely beautiful piece. It's called Do It Anyway. And it was credited to Mother Teresa. So I want to read this to you this morning as your ingredients to success coming off of what Joe Morris has said, hopefully some of what I have said inside of the ingredients to success that will help you lead a successful life and be good to yourself and good to others and good to this planet and good to your God and your higher, whatever your higher power, because there is one. There definitely is one. I can promise you that. So I want to read this today as the final piece of the ingredients to success, going off of what I've said and what Joe Morris has said. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pete's Company, and it's a Utica thing because they have tremendous people and a tremendous team, and I want to shout out Charlie, and I want to shout out Phil, and I want to thank them both so very much, and Phil for all the time that we have, because Phil and I have spent, because Charlie's back and forth and going all over the place, and, and I love when I get a chance to see Charlie and hang out with him. Phil and I are in North Syracuse at 628 South Main Street at Utica Pizza Company all the time. And the conversations that we have had over the span of three, four years now are tremendous. He's one of those people where God gives you talent and you got to surround yourself with good people. He's one of my people. So I want to read this to you today because it helps. It helps bring me peace. It helps me out. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. Because in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Happy Tuesday, people. And God bless each and every single one of you. That is the ingredients to success. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company and It's a Utica Thing. You can find It's a Utica Thing in stores all throughout the state of New York, especially upstate and Central New York, go to Spears, go to Nichols, go to Price Chopper, go to Stewart Shops, Beacon Skiff. It's all over the place. It's a Utica thing. Their line of riggy sauces, chicken riggy sauce, piggy riggy, roasted garlic, veggie, so many different things. The marinade, you know, the marinara, we call it marinade. So you got to go over and marinade this and marinade that. You, you, know, you know what it is. You know what it is. So a little bit of pesci coming, coming through today on the show. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, marinade. 
So you can go get the uh, marinade, and uh, you can also get the tomato pie in stores all throughout central and upstate New York and the state of New York in and of itself. You can also go to Utica Pizza Company for dine-in, takeout, catering, and delivery. You can call 315-214-3060 for more information. That's 315-214-3060. And, of course, you can go to 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, and see the difference yourself. God bless you all. Have a phenomenal day. On tomorrow's broadcast, I am proud to be sharing with you my special with the CNS girls soccer team from Chick-fil-A Cicero and my special with the West Genesee marching band team from the Wildcat Sports Pub. The questions that I get asked, the comedy that ensues, there are conversations you will hear tomorrow that you will wish you were on site for and be very thankful that you listen into tomorrow morning. That's all coming up on the broadcast on Wednesday, September 26th. God bless each and every single one of you and be good to each other. I'll talk with you soon. You can find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. WakeUpCallDT.com has it all. It's got the show archive. It has, I mean, there's quick links on the homepage to Syracuse football coverage, Syracuse men's basketball coverage, fantasy football advice, where you can listen into our show weekly to give you advice every single week on every single matchup with every single team. Jacksonville Jaguars coverage. Uh, CNY Pop Festival planning for year number two in 2019. On-demand radio archive. You can get our Podbean podcast or iTunes podcast, TuneIn Radio, RSS feed. See all the wonderful partners that we work with. Get the last 10 shows that were uploaded to the app. And listen in live every Monday through Friday to the MixLR feed that's right up on there. See our ticker and all the information that's coming up. And Everything I just said to you, all of that's on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com. There's over 20 pages on the site. That's just the homepage. What I told you, all the stuff that we offer on wakeupcalldt.com for free, I was just telling you about the initial welcome page. Just the welcome page has all that stuff for you. So make sure you click through and bookmark that page and become a member and subscribe today. And make sure you also become a member on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and tune in Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And with that being said, I'll talk with you tomorrow morning. Once again, God bless you. Have a great day. Be well. Be good to each other. Listen to the words of Joe Morris. Hopefully I said something you can take with you today. And definitely... Listen to Mother Teresa, because remember, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Thanks to Todd Philcox, Eric Eric Dungy, pardon me, Kendall Coleman, Sean Riley, and Gabe Haran. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk with you soon.